Hi, this is Buck Yeager, and you're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hello, I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News with Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe. FM 104.5, 106.1, IRLoneStar.com, Facebook Live, Conroe Culture News, and it will also be put on the City Conroe Cable TV. The show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sinisi Real Estate Group. Roger Stein Chiropractors have been voted the best chiropractic center in Montgomery County for four consecutive years and they treat everyone from infants to seniors and weekend athletes to professionals it their focus is on natural holistic healing not only to relieve pain but overall achieving optimal health they are located at 3033 west davis by conroe high school off of 105 and by taco bell so, also, Team Sinisi Real Estate Group serves the greater Montgomery County area with buying, selling, or investing. So, if you want to have the finest in real estate, 281-507-9777. Team Sinisi. It's an easy name to remember. With that, I want to share a few things that are happening around our community. I mentioned this before, but just to keep in mind, it's soon it will be back to school time, sooner than ever. So start shopping early, and I always suggest going to the Assistant League as they are a nonprofit, and they have deep discounts every single week. In addition to their overall everyday pricing, you can buy shoes for everyone, summer clothing, accessories, because you know it's going to stay with the summer weather for quite a while. And they give back to the vulnerable populations, being veterans, the elderly, uh, families in need. And uh, they actually, in 2020, they distributed $638,000 to the community. 68,000 individuals were served with over 50,000 volunteer hours. So shop Assistant Lake. Also shop some of our boutiques around town. And just shop early if you want the best selection. Did you know that the University of St. Thomas downtown USTMAX is located across the courthouse at 335 North Main, right across from the courthouse on Main. And they have lots of events and programs, uh, lots of classes you can take. In fact, they have a creative writing class, and they have leisure learning classes. In fact, on July 29th, they will be having a lunch and learn, avoiding common mistakes when financing your small business. Well, that might be something you want to check out. Go to their Facebook page, University of St. Thomas Downtown Center, UST Max, and find all the details. A couple things coming up. The Crichton Theater Foundation's Kids Summer Camp will produce School of Rock. How fun is that? That will be August 6th through 8th. Followed by the School of Rock will be Hello, Dolly, and that's performed by the Christian Community Theater August 13th through 22nd, also at the Crichton Theater. You can go to CrichtonTheater.org to find all the information and tickets. The Conroe Art League will host the 2021 Wearable Art and Home Decor Trunk Show, August 5th through the 30th at the Gallery. You know, every month they have a different show over there, and they're located right next to the Red Brick Tavern on Simonton. They are open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to 4, and one Saturday a month they host a public forum for you to meet the artists, come have a little wine or whatever is your choice of beverage from 5 to 8 p.m. You can go to the Conroe Art League Facebook page and find out more information about that. But they will be hosting 10 local artists that uh, will have wearable art, including jewelry, clothing, wood, pottery glass, and other fine arts. So go check that out through the month of August. My guest today is going to be World Affairs Council of Greater Houston, Sandia Bayou. She is the Chief Development Officer, and we will hear back from her in just a few minutes. Thank you very much. We look forward to the show.
Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at TeamSinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. everyone. I am your host, Margie Taylor, and today I am sitting with Sandia Bayou. She is the Development Officer for World Affairs Council of Greater Houston. We're going to find out what that actually means and how she started this journey. So first of all, Sandia, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Very, very exciting. Yes, it is. It is fun and exciting. And I just know you have so much information to share with us. But let's just kind of start at the beginning, if that's okay with you. Yes. So you were born and raised in Latvia. Is that correct? That is right. I was born uh, and raised in the Soviet Republic, one of the 17 Soviet republics within the Soviet Union, Latvia. And it was indeed uh, underneath the rule of Soviet Union, um, kind of gray kind of restricted. Uh, however, the spirit of uh, wanting to see the world was always within me, even though that really was not allowed. Uh, and I think uh, my parents play a big part of it. There were very, very few of, of those that actually know in Latvia had a chance to travel abroad. And uh, the way they decided to do that was through working on ships. My dad was actually a merchant ship captain for the Soviets. And my mom, being a young spirit, kind of like I was, said, how can I go see the world? So she took her way down to Odessa, found a ship that she could work in a kitchen, and off she went to Africa and wow. came back. So that was a, not a common story in a Soviet time to hear at all. How many children all. were in your family? There's just two of us, my, my younger sister and, and myself. And she so, a traveling spirit too? Not so much. It's interesting how, you know, we are siblings, but the, the different. completely different uh, for sure. So yeah, I give a lot of credit to my parents. I think that kind of inspired me to go explore. And it's been always in my mind to organize and contact. And actually my school years, again, we could travel only east. Uh, I could never travel west as a Soviet citizens, we had uh, internal passports. So for me, I could go Moscow beyond to Tajikistan and to Siberia if I chose to, right? But again, I couldn't go mm -hmm. to Poland or Bulgaria, never mind further uh, west into Interesting. I don't think Europe. a lot of people know much about Latvia. Yeah. Where exactly is it geographically placed? Uh, if you envision Poland, Germany kind of uh, visually on the map, uh, you will have Again, Russia is to my right, the big neighbor. Uh, Poland is kind of the largest neighbor below me. On, on the left of the, me is a body of water called the Baltic Sea that becomes part of the North Sea. So water on the left, Poland below, uh, and big uh, 
neighbor Russia is on my right side. And then we go up north and we have countries like Estonia and you will start seeing uh, Finland, Norway, and of course the Scandinavian so neighborhood. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty far up northern. It so is. So was your, what was your weather like? I uh, think Canada. Um, okay. Perhaps not really very far north Canada, but that climate of the Nordic winds, rains. We did have four seasons. Uh, we did go swimming in the summer. It was never the Calveston, you know, weather temperature in the water, but we made best of what oh, we could. And it's what you knew. Yeah, it's what and we knew. How large is Latvia? About size of West Virginia. Uh, about okay. three million people uh, that live there. Uh, most of them, but them, us, are our Latvian heritage. But uh, it is quite a diverse uh, population, for sure. And the largest minority is actually Russian. Uh, again, by disposition where we're posted, being that we're the most Western country within Soviet Union, therefore it was very well protected with a very heavy military presence, again, to protect the Soviet border. Well, that's all very interesting. So you grew up there, and uh, then you decided to take a trip. Well, first, let's go backwards. So then you were involved in uh, government affairs in Latvia as well, correct? Not at, not at not that, that time yet. No, I was just really graduated from high school. Uh, I had, uh, I have to say thanks to my teacher, again, take back, you know, I mean, seven years from the, within the Soviet Union uh, and kind of spirited well women said, I'm just going to organize high school students from the fourth grade on. We're going to teach them English, which was for many seen as waste of time because, again, within Soviet Union, why in the world would you study a foreign language because you will never, ever You'll never leave. leave or use it. However, we did proceed with it. We had really uh, great English skills, not to the point how they are right now that you can hear me speak, but um, actually I was able to compete in in Latvia for the English language Olympics, and you're oh, surely won the second place in the country of Latvia. Wow. So I think and that <laughs> kind of- How old were you then? I was 18. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And that allowed me to really be more visible and said, oh, look, uh, Soviet Union's falling apart. This is a time when people want to learn English. And guess what? There's somebody who already has competes relatively high within the Soviet Union. Again, it was still the Soviet Union, but it became the very desired skill, supply and demand. And it was so much in demand. Actually, at my high school, I graduated as a senior in in June, and by September, it was back in the same high school actually teaching English because there were lack of anybody who could wow. teach the students. Again, no teacher by trade here, but it was the point of just let's start talking, conversing, listening to music, counting to 10, doing the basics. and Feet on the crown learning, yes, right? I mean, just go forward. For the kids and for me, it was the same thing. Wow. Okay, so then you had a connection with the United States. Tell me how that started. It takes me back to the English language again. Okay. I, I studied, started studying in a university, English, and happened to be a little advertisement on one of the boards, you know, with a newspaper cut out, work in the U.S., which was really hard to believe because, again, this is Soviet time. Picture <laughs> Cuba, Iran, and having a little ad saying work in the U.S., you kind of think, is this even for real? Nevertheless, I said, I'll go apply and see what happens, right? You don't know till you try it. I went, applied. There were some interviews, and I wasn't quite sure if anything is going to come out of it. Kept following up on it, and is this a yay or nay or maybe? Um, actually got a two-week notice saying, guess what? You've been selected. Uh, there is a camp in the United States has so chosen you as one of the international counselors. You are departing in two weeks. My goodness. To which nobody would believe. They thought and it was the biggest you, joke. What was your role going to be? Uh, I knew I was going to be international counselor, okay. but I did not know while I was in Latvia where in United States, as in which state, mm -hmm. as in what camp, or what that really means. Again, this is person has never left. So you Soviet just said, Union. "I'm doing it." I'm doing it, <laughs> and I packed my suitcase, got on overnight train. I was 19, uh, went to Leningrad at that time, which no longer called Leningrad. Uh, found my way to the airport. Uh, I had, of course, by then I had already, Americans had issued me a visa, which again was thinking in the Soviet times, it was quite an accomplishment. I uh, had $3 because having dollars in Soviet Union was completely legal. So we had more than wow. three, would have been really suspicious. Why would I have more than $3? Um, and got on an airport plane from Leningrad and landed in JFK. 
Was that scary? Was it an adventure? What, did, what were your thoughts on all that? A lot of unknowns, right? Sure. I didn't have a plan B, really. I didn't have, still don't have relatives in the United States. There was no wow. cell phones. There was no credit cards and no magic pocket full of What year was money. this? 91. And uh, so I arrived in JFK, but being that I was part of the exchange program, of course, there was a, it was organized that I had individuals meeting me, transporting me for a hostel from where we were all dispatched as a different counselors. And these are individuals now coming, you know, from Sweden, Croatia, Latvia, and other parts of Europe participate as the exchange counselors in the camps here. Um, lucky for me, uh, it was actually a Girl Scout camp. This is what I learned when I arrived in New York. There was a Girl Scout camp, and it was in California. Wow. So <laughs> let me remind you, day one, Leningrad, day two, Manhattan, day three, Santa Monica Beach, California. Oh, my goodness. And this is for individual who really is trying to process what just happened in and the last were, 48 hours. You came hours. from a secure environment where you didn't know of all of this. Yeah, I did not know. I did not know what to expect. I did not know how to behave, right? I, I, I've never been in in US, U.S. I've never been in Western country. I don't know how to behave in American planes. You know, is it food for free? Can you get up or is it allowed, right? So things like that goes through your mind as a 19-year-old of, you know, what to do. But you embraced it. I did. Uh, I had my packed my lunch, my good old dried sausages and <laughs> good old dark bread that I know is going to last. And I knew that camp is going to three dollars still and three dollars. I I couldn't spend it because that's all I got. And I also knew that once I was in a camp, I was in. I had home, shelter, food. So the basic needs was taken care of, and the rest of it was up to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then what? <laughs> then what happened? Uh, spend the summer uh, in camp, learning a lot, really embracing, understanding American culture. Even though most of the time it was in the woods, right? It's a camp, so I wasn't necessarily in the city. But it was, I think it was actually a great way to learn the culture because it was not overwhelming. If I was, you know, put in a city uh, with a daily life of a city would have been a lot more information to process. I think kind of... But in overwhelming. Yeah. So I think going down in the city for the breaks and coming back to the the camp kind of allowed me and slowly to process it. the camp was in Santa Monica? And it was actually in the, in the mountains in the Sierra Madre Mountains up uh, above L.A. Interesting. Yeah. Um, back my old stomping ground. Oh, really? Yes. I grew up out there. <laughs> oh. So you were with just other girls your age? Uh, yeah. They were there. Yeah, exactly. There were different uh, counselors and, and uh, staff uh, and different and girls of different ages, of course, that were from California. So it was probably pretty welcoming, I would imagine. Then, Absolutely. That, Absolutely. And this was all put on by Girl Scouts of America. That's right. Wow. Okay. So how long was the camp? Just a summer. Okay. Uh, and the I, whole I was, summer? It was the whole summer, and I was really scheduled to go back to Soviet Republic. I was scheduled to go back to university. I was scheduled to go back to the same school and continue teaching the kids that I mm -hmm. have started doing that last the year before. Uh, at that time, the whole Soviet system completely falls apart. I'm here. There's no more Soviet Latvia. There's no becoming independent country of Latvia. The passport of country that doesn't really exist, and I, you know, I could could have absolutely returned. And the girls, Scouts actually would uh, offered me uh, a possibility to stay over from summer to the following summer. And that actually brought me to Katie for that the school year. One of the <laughs> teachers said, why don't you come stay with me here in Katie? Um, and then Girl Scouts helped me do all the paperwork to return the following summer back to California. And I said, okay, it's another opportunity to go back and now do something more and different than I did the summer before. So, you've been out here the whole time, not in Latvia? Did you ever go back to live in Latvia? I did not. Uh, okay. Again, my plan was never, my plan was not to stay here. It was never intention. It was not a goodbye Latvia. It was just literally see you later, see you in August. Right. You know, I'll be back at the end of the summer. And I, yes. I say it's been a long summer. Uh, it's been probably wow. close to 30 years since, oh my you know, goodness. I mean, but yeah, I do go home every couple of years. Okay, okay. So that's quite a journey and how it all started. Okay, so uh, then I see, so when did you go to the World Affairs Council? That's not there yet. We're not there that's, yet no, on no, that no, journey. No, not there yet. Okay, so on the journey, uh, then you had um, some relations as an ambassador of Latvia? Um, 
Or is that not there yet either? I'm trying to get the story got line. Got it, got here. it. <laughs> Being that my exploratory, um, exp, ex, exploratory spirit, is that, I guess, I guess adventurer. We're going to go know? with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I took me actually to East Coast. I saw a job opportunity uh, for somebody who was looking for uh, in-home help with kids. And that really was my only skill at that time that I could really practice well United States and was a Latvian family lived in Connecticut and I said okay Connecticut here I come so I packed up what I had made my way to Connecticut uh, ended up going to school there and um, happened to be in Washington DC met a couple of my friends and it turns out that the embassy was looking for somebody uh, to hire as in locally not as a diplomat from abroad and um, given my passion for what I do and the fact that I was studying international relations uh, ambassador said Sandy if you're interested it's yours so wow guess what I did I packed <laughs> up Connecticut and said Washington DC here I am so many wonderful opportunities just kind of fall right in your path but you know I I, I listen and I think mm-hmm. that I always say you got to listen to what's out there and I always say explore because you really don't know where it be will open. take you completely be open, be open. Completely, and I would have could have ignored it and never listened and been fearful or say no, I'm not going to fly or drive or take a bus. I used a lot of Greyhound at that time. I couldn't afford planes, so it was an adventure. Kind of been all over. So then you were an ambassador. No, I worked at the embassy. You worked at the embassy. Embassy for uh, about three years, and that was fantastic exposure, right? To understand America, its capital, what that means, the international institutions, and then government affairs. And I really believe that DC is a Type A city, and you really get to see the best (laughs) of the world. Um, I say this because many foreign uh, posts uh, will bring in their key players uh, to take those posts from embassy staff to actually ambassadors to cultural experiences and I say also for the citizens here very often you say when you're the best band you will ultimately get to play in Washington DC you do exhibit very likely this will be a featured exhibit in the capital for example or there's some DC component as a reward so when you live in DC the world really comes to you the best global experiences the fantastic leaders individuals characters yeah characters too and then you get the arts component of besides the smithsonian opportunity comes all the way from united states so it was you can fully immerse yourself so you were in the core of where uh, everything could happen absolutely absolutely Hmm. wow amazing so how long were you out there I was in D.C. for three years. Still, again, I listened. Uh, we had, uh, Latvia had found an honorary consul to represent here uh, instead of Texas. I'm not the honorary consul, uh, but as the government was looking to uh, formulate the honorary consulate, uh, I was asked if I would consider going down to Texas and take on the charge. So <laughs> guess what I did? <laughs> I said, I packed up my bags and I said, I can continue my passion for what I like to do. I can stay involved with anything government related that happens to be in touch with the people and now do something more and different that I didn't do in Washington, D.C. So I arrived in Houston about 20 some years, a little bit over 20 years back uh, with the, the, the charge to help formulate an established honorary consulate of Latvia here. My goodness, <laughs> so much, so much. Um, you know, you're just a wealth of knowledge and experiences. It's good to hear about all this. Of course, we connected at the Woodlands Chamber of uh-huh. Commerce, and then I've seen you again uh, volunteering with Habitat. I mean, it just doesn't end with you. You you just kind of take in the whole local spirit of whatever's going on, right? That's very, and very, add very, your taste to it. Very Spice well it said. Very well said. <laughs> you know? Very well uh, said. So it, it's. I feel like I'm just honored to sit here <laughs> at the table with you. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break in a minute, but what would be a, so then how did you, how did you connect with where you're at now? It was, again, my continued passion for the global affairs. Once I arrived in Houston, I started looking for groups that I could be part of that are international affairs, global affairs conversation. And that led me logically from the consulate to consular corps association and we have 93 consulates here which is a very high number we are the third largest consular corps in united states and it's of course you can never compete in washington 
that's understandable, New York, but then to be close by with LA, it's very high uh, pride, pride number for us to be, 93 countries represented. So I got really active with the consular corps, and really that's where the two groups crossed, with World Affairs crossed consular corps, and I was actually uh, communications director for the consular corps because I took on more and said what else I can do. I revived the consular corps. I started doing social events to provide opportunities for staff members to network as well because I, there's much value in a staff knowing staff besides just the leadership knowing leadership because so much really happens internally uh, as well. And that's where, where my first touch point was with the World Affairs where one of the board members uh, said, huh, we the council would like to do more work with the consular corps, and you really seem to be an individual that really knows consular corps well. Would you consider joining the team for world affairs? So, guess what I did. Sounds like a great <laughs> fit. So yeah. now you are development officer with the World Affairs Council of Greater Houston, which is a nonprofit. So I think we're going to stop right there a minute, mm -hmm. and then pick up at on that point in just a few minutes. Certainly. Thank you. Okay. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Hey there, this is Kathy Sanders reminding you about a local treasure, the new Danville store located next to the Hyatt Hotel in Market Street, The Woodlands. Shopping at the new Danville store, you will find quality, locally produced items for those hard to buy for friends, co-workers, and family members while supporting a great cause. Shop local, shop for a cause, shop the new Danville store at Market Street or online. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. So we are back. I am Margie Taylor with Conroe Culture News, Lone Star Community Radio, and we're listening to uh, the Development Officer of the World Tr Affairs Council of Greater Houston, Houston, Sandia Bayou, and she is telling her story of how she traveled from Latvia back. She just came for a Girl Scout camp one summer, and she's lived here for how long, Sandia? About 30 years. About 30 years, and how it's all developed by not saying no to things, you know, to not closing the door to opportunities. And one opportunity led to another, to another. And I mean, she even met her husband that way. But we'll hear more about what is the World Affairs Council of Greater Houston. I mean, how did that come to be? Tell me, tell me the history a little bit, Sonia. Sure, sure. Uh, it actually came to be about 50 years back. Uh, we were here with the mission of individuals, like-minded individuals of let's talk global affairs and the importance of global affairs and how those affairs globally affect us locally. And we all know that it's really it's more so connected than we ever thought mm -hmm. for sure. So 50 some years back, uh, 51 to be exact, uh, individual, a small group of individuals started meeting on a regular basis to talk what was in the news and if there was a book to read up, uh, what was the discussion and what it took them. Fast forward 50 years later, we are now World Affairs Council of Greater Houston, uh, giving the growth of the city, and we know how that's been going the last few years. We actually incorporated word greater 
uh, in our uh, name, just because to to encompass huge all, area. Yes. all city and beyond, and Woodlands and Conroe and beyond, as we keep you know growing. So here we are. Here we establish World Affairs Councils. Uh, of America, uh, which is association based in Washington, D.C., and then there's World Affairs Councils all over the United States. There's close to 90, I believe, as a mm. nine zero. There's World Affairs Council in Austin, in Dallas, in San Antonio, and you East Coast, West Coast, Middle, and but so forth. But this is one of the largest, yes, correct? That's right. So we are. We really have now gained a reputation by being the largest. And when we say the largest, that is how many members we have. It's one of the questions I get asked very often. We have close to 2,000 memberships. Wow. And what does a membership mean? Membership means that sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a couple, sometimes it's a family, sometimes it's a high school, sometimes it's corporations such as Chevron, as an example. So when you say how many individuals are behind it, it's almost hard to measure. Maybe another way also to say it, our distribution is about 32,000 email addresses in a greater oh Houston goodness. area. So it's definitely interest of what we do. So membership attendance, uh, every year we pull in at least 10,000 people who particip participate with us in different uh, forms, shades, events, and you name it. So over 10,000 participants. You have a huge impact. We certainly do. And just think last year, what it represented the challenge and how we pivoted. Uh, we had, actually, we counted over 11,000 participants through different opportunities that we gave last year. So we just stayed in touch and delivered on the very timely content and pivoted really well, successfully, and very quickly. Learned the school, mm -hmm. you know, learned the, the skill of Zoom and virtual presence, <laughs> kind of what we are doing here today, too. Didn't we all? Yes. So, again, the membership, uh, the by attendance, and also how many programs we do. That is also a measurement that many of the councils see how many programs we deliver. And we deliver about 150 programs per year. That's a lot of programming that, that we do. What's involved in a program? Tell me a little bit about that. A program could be uh, typically most common one actually you would see would be an evening lecture and it's all about global education as i said different speakers topics uh global regions and again we always strive for diversity of subject matters speakers and and timely content mm -hmm. um so, so you evening, cover a large amount we, we of certainly topics, do don't we you? certainly do so evening evening participation of course and we have di daytime luncheons uh haven't done a few now hopefully be turning the corner soon so we have those opportunities to mm -hmm. engage with us as well. Different audiences, right, as the evening seminars take place in the Woodlands be different audience, a Galleria would be a different audience, because sure. we know that we need to go where it's easier for a membership to engage with us. Daytime probably is a different audience, more member, I'm sorry, business member oriented, sure. but it is such by design. Uh, we do a lot of student programs also. Programs offered for students are accounted as a different programming. Uh, we have hosted cultural experiences also. So be a programming around cultural theme or travel is also what we do. So very broad type of offerings that we have and ways that our membership can in engage with us. It's all very interesting. And your key component is educating, bringing education. Absolutely. And we said in, in one word, that is really our mission. That's really short mission education, but it's education about global affairs, and we give those opportunities to Houstonians. Uh, and again, how that affects them here locally, again, what happens globally. So how do they become a member? Uh, a, asked to be. Asked to be a <laughs> member. Uh, ideally, if I, I run into them somewhere, I definitely explain also. Certainly can give me a call, and I'll go them through the process. Website probably is our easiest way to engage and then sell it more information uh, we offer year membership two-year memberships and also corporate memberships as as my role in chief of development i absolutely strive for that uh, corporate involvement and i strongly believe that the type of education that we also offer to employees of various global corporations law firms again Really, everybody is connected, right, to come well, yeah, and engage. Because, I mean, if you're doing business, you want to know what's going around in the world, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yes, it would be very important for anybody to be involved. Do you have elected officials involved as well? 
Uh, not so much. Uh, we, maybe they we, just don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they just don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes they might be our speakers if it's a topic mm -hmm. of relevance and uh, they are really the best source of information for us. We'll absolutely engage with them uh, and have their participation um, uh, with us as well, for sure. Well, we haven't talked about your website, so they can, you know, Google yeah. World Affairs Council of Greater Houston, or they go to WACHouston.org. That's right. Very yeah. easy, and you're on Facebook, kind of the same thing, WAC Houston, That's right. World but Affairs Council. Council. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and find a lot of great information, and you even have a, like you mentioned, you have a lot of people that are membership and people you want to engage with so they can subscribe to your newsletter Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's very much a believe it, right? If, if it's something they would like to test and see that, again, type of program that we have before they they become members, I sure. always welcome, make sure that it's, again, aligns with their interests, and it is to benefit uh, for them. So, Summer, tell me some of the speakers that you've had in some of your programs. Oh, we've given back to that reputation, right? Mm -hmm. Having had hosted fantastic lineup our speakers in 50 years, we're in a great place that... Uh, we are also friends of those speakers. So when those speakers are uh, kind of on their talking circuit or mm -hmm. if they are expert in a certain subject that they know we might be interested, we are also at the place now they come back to us. So we don't have to always solicit. And That's uh, a great thing. That is absolutely a <laughs> great thing. Saves a lot of time. Absolutely. <laughs> Just last month we hosted Secretary Robert Gates, former Secretary of Defense. Again, he has participated with us a few times and he was available. So we featured Secretary Gates. Talking about Gates, we actually uh, had a program uh, with Bill Gates, which is also quite an accomplishment for uh, a nonprofit in global affairs, but to be, you know, participating with... He's a big player. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I had a pleasure to lead a dialogue with, uh, actually, Ambassador Rima. Uh, she's uh, first Saudi female ambassador, as in first ever, uh, and... She's posted in Washington, D.C., so guess that took me all the way back to my Washington, D.C. days and enjoyed hosting her. A lot of things, of course, happening in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the mm -hmm. region, and she's a very uh, well-outspoken and fantastic, uh, dynamic individual to have a conversation with. Um, we had a conversation with uh, Walter Isaacson uh, of uh, former CNN, uh, former Aspen Institute CEO, uh, we had featured uh, David Rubenstein, uh, Bloomberg Television, Carlisle Group founder. Uh, just, just, just to to name a few that uh, might resonate Can with your members. Can anybody attend these um, programs? Absolutely, absolutely. And again, back to that: Do I want to become a member, or do do I just have time for one lecture? The both options are available. Of course, for members, there's a most of them are free of charge. Most, um, or there might be a slight fee, of course. And for non-members, it's always opportunity to participate at a slight, very small increment uh, pricing for us. So it sounds like something that people really need. Global-minded people need to get involved, whether they're a government leader, business, um, community organization. Absolutely. We, we are, don't live in isolation. We really, it's a big ripple effect. And, and it's a good to way be, to meet other people yeah. that are, have, the same uh, interests to get involved in yeah. your community. And yeah, my, my, my members actually have who is your typical membership? They, mm. They actually are people from abroad, have lived abroad, have extensively traveled abroad, or they work abroad and have work-related interests. And it's most of us will fall in that category very likely. And again, it's like-minded individuals, and networking is a very big component that we also uh, offer. Mm. Well, it's very, very, very interesting. So uh, what else can you tell me about the organization? I would I go back to education, actually, our participation with students. That yeah, is what we that. always... Tell me about the program that you offer for students. For students. We have Student World Affairs Councils, think WAC with the S in front, SWAC, Student World Affairs Councils, uh, with a goal to establish uh, as many as we can in as many school districts. I believe we are close to 30 uh, SWACs established in Greater Houston area, and is I that high school or college? High school. Or both? Okay. Most high of them school? are high school. Uh, yes, um, New Caney High School. Mm -hmm. It's right down the street. Actually, was our the high school of My the year last used to year. Be fire chief out there. Oh, I'm familiar um, with that area. <laughs> they won our the participant. Uh, can you believe it? And wow. New Caney, they came and attended Good. and listened and asked questions. Uh, they, That's fabulous. It's nice when you have an engaging student audience. Absolutely. Um, and if anybody is listening, who's 
And I know either your children, grandchildren, neighbors, friends, somebody goes to Woodlands High School or College Park, and those two are not members. They really, they really be. should be part of the wow. this organization. It's And it's fantastic addition for a resume. If those young individuals that would like to take a lead and be a president and establish a club, I give you a star for that effort. And it's very easy process to establish and hmm. to stay engaged. Hmm. Yeah, that could, you never know where that could lead, right? Absolutely. Sandhya, yeah. I mean, listening to you and your story, any little step can lead somewhere other than where you're at. Yeah, actually. You know, it's a moving forward instead of just sitting in stagnant water. Yeah. So Internships make the also, yeah. Again, um, for high school, it's not so much. But if you are thinking about uh, right off your graduation, staying involved in international organization with different internships, maybe when you come back from, your, you know, school year next summer, you're looking, who can I intern with? Uh, summer of 2022 call me we would love to have you as you're back home here right mm -hmm. visiting your family but you continue your uh, resume and that is fantastic addition to resume that's a great resource absolutely and they can probably bump into you at uh, a woodlands area chamber of commerce oh, for sure you know event uh and if they forget any of the details of how to find you they can go to their business directory and find you as well. Absolutely. Or yeah. just show up. I mean, go to an after hours or uh, I don't. Sometimes you go to the mornings. Don't I you? do. I do. The morning I do. breakfast. Actually, I actually have a but. neat story about intern, if, if I may. Um, do we have a time? It's a good time? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Travel. It's one way that we also engage through travel. And I'll talk that a little bit later. But uh, as we provide opportunities for travel for our memberships, members, I always look who do we know abroad, depending on the country where we're going, that could host us for discussion, dialogue, oh, yeah. uh, and so forth. And in that search, I always knock on the doors of U.S. embassies or consulates, because I think it's a very interesting way to hear American perspective of the region, right? They, mm -hmm. they know the country by then, uh, and it's really fantastic access for our members when they travel with us to have those kind of dialogues. So in search of that, I had reached out to one of the embassies. I don't recall when, I want to say maybe Egypt with a request to host a group like us. Uh, and here I am going into my, my explanation why this would be great for the embassy. This is kind of what it means. This is what the group represents. And I get stopped probably 10 seconds into that because it turns out that the lady that I'm talking to is one of our former interns. Oh, wow. And she said, <laughs> I, got, I, I got you at hello. I know yes. what you do. I know yes. who you are. And we How would exciting. love to host you. It was just a, wow. a whole circle that uh, you had come it's through. It's amazing and when that happens. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, you just never know. You know, it's always about just taking that first step, right? Yes. You know, just stepping off the ledge to see what what new adventure is in store for you. Completely. Okay. Well, I think we're going to take another quick break and then go to our final segment where we're going to talk again about some of the things that have happened in your life yeah. and your your motto and uh, where you go from here and maybe a little bit about family yes sounds <laughs> so, like a plan okay i'll be we'll be right back with uh, sandia bayou of the uh, world affairs council of greater houston and i am margie taylor and this is sponsored by roger stein chiropractic and team sinisi real estate Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas, dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. 
Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogersteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. And I am Margie Taylor, and we're back today with our last segment. I am here with Sandia Bayou, and she is with the World Affairs Council of Greater Houston. How do you spell your name, Sandia? First name is S-A-N-D-I-J-A. So S-A-N-D-I-J-A. Last name Bayou, B-A-Y-O-T. Again, French B-A-Y-O-T. Sandia by you. And it rhymes from Latvia. And I actually say this Sandia from Latvia. So oh, there you go. La- it's a little song. <laughs> Next time you hear Latvia, you will be thinking of Sandia. And tell me your website and Facebook page. Uh, WACHouston.org, WAC for World Affairs Council. And we spell out Houston. So WACHouston.org. Okay, and you can find out all the information about memberships. Memberships, events, how to sign up. And if you forgot something or you would like to clarify, or, of course, you would like to join, and, of course, your corporation will want to join, send me a a message. Uh, You can find me, of course, through, again, the main uh, webpage of the council. I'm very active in LinkedIn uh, as well. So you can find me on LinkedIn and send me a message through there. I'm happy to answer any and all questions that you might have uh, regarding organization and ways to engage. Do you have a phone number somebody could call? Yes, 713-522-7811. 713-522-7811. All right, now that we've gone through all the logistics, yeah, let's get back to the fun stuff. Let's talk about travel a little bit. How Love does it. travel work with what you're involved with? It is another way that we deliver our mission of global education. I'm sure you agree. What better way to educate yourself by going somewhere and actually exploring, meeting, seeing, smelling, tasting? All of that brings back really impactful, meaningful experience that you return uh, from any of our trips. As a council, about 20 years, we now operate different tours As we all know, that didn't happen last year, but we are really gearing up again for a very active 2022. Hmm. We are trying to do one trip this year, Greece and the islands, and I thought Hmm. it'd be a very nice way to uh, meet the fall by Greek winds and sailboats and and fresh fish and olive oil and olives and all that. So (laughs) this is this year, and if there is still chance to join, the trip is at the end of September, really great timing of the year uh, to enjoy. Uh, experience like that and then we're kicking off 2022 with a visit to Saudi Arabia and Bahrain you hear me speak about it Uh, again it's a tour that we did was very successful in a sense that people did not really know what to expect of Saudi Arabia and Mm -hmm. Bahrain and I do combination of both nations to again have a better understanding of the region and there's a comparison between two nations rather just having one country uh, itself Uh, we have opportunity to enjoy Iceland for those who oh in, in, imagine the cooler breezes <laughs> and uh, uh, and the scenery. We have Mongolia late in the year. Again, the open steps and the horses. I think for Texans would be something really Are unique. Are you going to, on all these trips? I oh, I wish travel <laughs> is my passion, uh, but no, I'm I, I'm not. Uh, Egypt is. Uh, we put also Egypt opportunity for March. It is one of our bucket item lists uh, for sure for many of us here. And that is uh, taking place in March of next year. And many, many others uh, as well. Again, all of those are on the website. And we indeed remain hopeful that it will take place. 
And if you say, why should I travel with you? Why should I not just go there by myself? Uh, some places you probably might be harder to get to by yourself. There, there's that factor. Some locations are easier to explore as a group uh, as well, right? Um, and is this a way, again, for individuals to be in a like-minded setting? And we know that even families, everybody not likes the same thing. You know, a wife might enjoy region A and husband one would look to do region B. And this is a great way and very friendly way to have that separation if need be, because again, you're not really separated. You're again encompassed by a group of like-minded exploratory uh, minds that we do. And great conversations, Great sure. conversations. So I always have the motto of understanding the the history, that's where we all mm -hmm. came from. That's where the region came from. This is where traditions are. This is where all the culture is. But then what is the conversation of today? And we can't have a conversation of today if we don't know the history. So the tour will encompass any historical components. So again, for that better understanding, we'll talk about conversations of today. But it's even more interesting, what are you talking about the future? What is interesting to the nation? What What is the challenge that you're seeing? What is success that you're looking forward to? What do you see one year, two years, 10 years down the road for the region or the country? And that's where we'll, as mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, we'll engage with uh, any government officials, even when it makes sense, right? Again, understanding that uh, is also important for as an, any nation. Um, if there are nonprofits, that's always very interesting. Artists. Certainly, I think there's a way to express your emotions, frustrations, joy through different forms of art as well. So we'll reach out to artists, host them for a dialogue, invite them as the speakers to our lunch or dinner meetings. Could or, be life-changing, you know, just yes. putting yourself involved in this yes. and how it affects you. Yeah. Whether it affects you personally or maybe it will open up a window to something else that you might have a passion you did not know about. Absolutely. And you can continue that uh, relationship growing, perhaps, yeah. by some of the people you meet on the journey. And, you know, right? many of our travelers have become lifelong friends now because they experienced something 10, 15, two years ago. And they stay in touch and they reminisce on those times. But even what is better, they say, which trip are we going on next? Because no, there is a bond, there is a friendship, and there's certain joy. It's a great opportunity. So you have a motto to just take take the opportunities as they arise. Is yeah. that correct? It is. It's actually, it says, uh, my husband will know this very well. No, should have, would have, or could have. Uh, sort of no regrets. And I always no say, regrets. if... You know, there's more frustration if you say, oh, gee, I wish I could have done it. Or what if I done it? And that what ifs, I think, drives me more bananas than if I just mm -hmm. go and do it. And not everything is a success. We, we know how it goes, but you don't know till you try it. And sometimes it's the sense of accomplishment and it really has led me to something else. Sometimes to me, like, oh, well, didn't quite work as it could, but I have a peace of mind that I tried it. And I have, you it's know, moved on to the next right? thing. So. It's all experience. So no, should have, would have, could have. No, none of that. So speaking of your husband, how did you meet your husband? Actually here in Houston, uh, was not part of, you know, if you ask Sandy in 1980s back in Leningrad with that luggage, would have never thought that she's <laughs> going to go. Uh, the typical immigrant story, not so typical. All of us are different, I would say. But immigrant story and meet a husband Prince Charming along the way was not part of my goal uh, of, of uh, arriving here. But he's actually a very interesting individual himself, Belgian heritage, born in Chile, grew up in Venezuela. So we wow. have a very interesting household of <laughs> multi-languages. And actually, both of us speak to each other in the third language. Uh, his uh, first language is French, second is Spanish, and of course, English third. In my case, Latvian is first, Russian is second. And English is third, so we communicate in third language. So, right, you have to <laughs> yes. a little get adjusted little to this, that too, because that. Yes. yeah. Yes. And speaking about languages, um, kind of jumping the gun here a little bit, but I have been sometimes asked: Is Latvian and Russian similar, or how close are they? And they are not actually; they are very different. Uh, Russians, of course, use the Slavic alphabet; we don't. So, if I was to speak in Russian and somebody speaking Latvian, probably nothing that they could really speak in common. Um, you know, unless it's, you know, international words that you recognize. And the same thing for reading. You would not be able to really read unless you can read Cyrillic, uh, right? And then you can read so each other's language. very but dissimilar. Completely different uh, languages. And, yeah, Latvian is actually one of the oldest languages uh, 
uh, on the language tree. It has its own root, goes all the way back to Sanskrit. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So let's tell a little story here real yeah. quick with the last few minutes we have. Tell me the story about that took place in November 2018. Uh, you're referencing the illumination of Niagara yes. Falls. Yes. Uh, November 18th is Latvia's National Day. It's okay. our, i.e. July 4th. So on that specific day, Latvia was celebrating 100 years of independence. So big deal, small nation, but it's very important date. Also, it is November, so we know what the November weather could look like. But that's what we got. That's what our independence is. And it's not always the best and the sunniest day of the year. So in my grand plan of what can we do to really celebrate Latvia here in the United States? Yes, different parts of the world, celebrating differently. Of course, the nation by home has its own festivities. So I had this idea of illuminating Niagara Falls, which <laughs> uh, one of the meetings with the ambassador said he have to stop and ask me, what did you just say? I said, yeah, if there is a way to figure out how we can illuminate the flag, I mean, the, the falls in the color of the flag, I will figure it out. And he was my right hand support from that moment I said that to him. Uh, and I worked with, of course, with him. And then I didn't even think about it. I should have. It just dawned on me that it's actually international border. I just thought, oh, it's US, it's US. Guess what? It's not just U.S. It's actually international borders. So I worked with our ambassador in Canada and became really the three of us uh, very much supporting of my initiative of illuminating the falls in November. Let me remind you, this is November in Buffalo in New York. (laughs) Dark. Was it snowing? It was, you know, rain meets snow kind of scenario. And as you know, in America, this is also week before Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking... Okay, I guess we'll be just the three of us, the two ambassadors, myself, maybe other few Latvians will show up to make their way in this climate and, you know, time of the year that it has. It led to my surprise that uh, I sold out the only venue that was actually available. Uh, Over 450 people showed up that drove, they flew, the people from Europe, from West Coast, people from Latvia, from Austria, again, from the, the drove six hours, 16 hours. How did they know? Uh, a lot of social media, and uh, it was free event. I made a point that it was free individuals uh, to attend, and I made it free because I had to find sponsors that obviously could help with that cost. But it was, can you imagine, 450 Latvians, of course, from Canada too, and U.S. as well. And this was a meeting of two nations, as in Canada, U.S., but then mm-hmm. the cultural heritage, there were people probably from kids in the strollers to the grand grand grandkids they hadn't seen each other this became the largest event uh for their life definitely celebrating latvia's independence and uh, you talked about serendipity kind of before we went on on here mm-hmm. as i was lining all this event and attendance and the guest list and and fantastic venue and the falls were ready to be illuminated two weeks before i learned it's actually there happens to be uh a festival of fireworks it just happens to be that happens above the falls and it randomly turns out that uh there is uh one of the nations competing for this championship is actually gonna shoot fireworks exactly at the same timing when my falls are scheduled to be illuminated <laughs> one has completely nothing to do with the other so one does happened? not even know that the end wasn't happening and there was a chance that, right, with fireworks, maybe the weather restrictions, again, like Buffalo, November. Uh, so I did not tell anybody that this could actually happen. So can you imagine people surprised that they are <laughs> they are standing, they're looking at the falls, and all of a sudden fireworks go off for about 15 minutes. Wow. That was... Was it spectacular? That was spectacular. And yes. the falls and 450 people, I think I'm just going to start crying just talking about it. It was just... As it all was that, more than you had even planned. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, people were, of course, all over social it was media. An epic it was televised <laughs> in Latvia, and I had planned it so when people wake up in the morning again with the time difference, when they turn on TV and say, "What are what are Latvians celebrating the hundred years that they woke up and actually saw the fireworks in Buffalo over the falls as they were having their morning coffee on Sunday morning in Latvia. So it was... It was incredible. It was incredible. If you look back in anything, Latvia 100 celebrations, I bet you 
Niagara wow. Falls is number one event, and it became the largest and social you media. Were the ringleader of that. I, event. It was just <laughs> me and my idea. What well, if? Good. See, and that's what you. Everybody just needs to just try, right? Yes. Think just big. Take a chance. Yes. Think big. Yeah. And you never know where it's going to take you. Certainly. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Sandhya, for coming on the show today. And I hope that this gets more people engaged in your organization. It sounds like it's just amazing. And I can't wait to start really following it more. So I appreciate your time. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, I can't wait to hear more stories. This this was (laughs) my first one, too. And thank you for inviting me. And now I say that I went on a radio. I've never done so in here in the United States. It's easy and fun. Yeah. (laughs) 